0: Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where it's my goal to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left-brain types like I think I am, to ask the right questions in our search for deeper meaning to life. And ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So today is a Tuesday podcast. It's, it's about normal length because... You're about to listen to a really cool interview that I did recently with a lady named Gabriella Giuliano Bellani, and she's very interesting. She's an intuitive coach, and she does some things that I'm familiar with and many that I'm not. She's going to share her personal journey of how she discovered her intuitive gifts and kind of the impact that it had on her life. She had to do a little bit of a 180 uh, due to some things that happened to her. You'll hear about that. She's a clinical social worker, consultant, and she specializes in dealing with stress. She also talks about something called polyvagal theory, which I had no clue what that was. I have a little bit better idea of it now. And also about sound healing and Akashic records. So she talks about all of that. I will say that as I've been doing these podcasts, and this applies to Gabriella as well as some other folks I've interviewed lately, they're all saying the same thing really in a lot of ways in terms of what they either hear from from souls who have passed into the next phase of our existence or that they they gain through their intuitive feeling or their intuitive knowledge but it really is remarkably consistent but i'll talk about more about that later right now i just want to go ahead and get into the uh, the interview and i think you'll really enjoy it Bye bye all right welcome everybody to the soul unleashed podcast My name, of course, is Mike Nicholas, and I'm really happy today to have Gabriella Giuliana Villani. Did I pronounce that right?
1: You said it perfectly.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Good. Where where are you?
1: I am in hot and sunny Sarasota, Florida.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I think it's hotter in Phoenix, so I... Hard to feel sorry for anybody right now if you're not. I, a
1: I know that's like the surface of the sun over there, <laughs> so I can't really complain.
0: <laughs> Julia uh, Gabriella, what I'm going to do is just read your your bio here real quick, just to set oh. everybody, and then we can you can correct me where I make mistakes.
1: Okay.
0: Let's see. Gabriella is a licensed clinical social worker, consultant, coach, entrepreneur, and educator based in Sarasota, Florida. She has been in the mental health field for over a decade specializing in stress, chronic health conditions, and trauma. After realizing her own burnout in 2021, she sold her thriving group practice and made it her mission to educate others on the impact that stress has on our everyday lives. Gabriella pulls from her experience as an EMDR. I don't know what that means, but you can explain in a minute. Gabriella pulls from her experience as an EMDR and... Can you pronounce that polyvagal?
1: Polyvagal
0: polyvagal I have to explain that too that'd be awesome i will So gabriella pulls from her experience as an emdr and polyvagal informed therapist to utilize mind-body approaches to help others implement everyday strategies to manage stress and live their best lives gabriella is an international speaker retreat leader and has been featured in authority magazine the daily om bustle and the everyday woman tv network cool when she's not working gabriella is teaching zumba Man, I would die doing that. Which she's not working. Gabrielle is teaching Zuma, surfing, and reading a psychological thriller at the beach. All right. That's me. That's you. All right. <laughs> well, good. So, Gabrielle, just to also set the table a little bit, my, my listeners are primarily left-brain skeptics, I think. I'm a left-brain skeptic. And so the whole point of this podcast was to find people that can help us left brain types, navigate and find proof of the spiritual awakening that we're going through. So people that kind of wake up to being spiritual, realize there's maybe more outside the Bible, maybe more outside what we were raised with, are the kind of people that I think find my my podcast and, and my other things. So that's kind of how I will focus the questions as I as I talk to you. Okay. Okay. So please just, start off and expound on anything I screwed up there or didn't explain properly I appreciate it
1: (laughs) no I think you did pretty good (laughs) um but yeah I think that's pretty much most of it I went through my own spiritual awakening started last year although it may have started sooner and I think that is also what really helped me shift and pivot into a life that is more aligned with my values and how I want to live and work, that makes me happy.
0: How would you define a spiritual awakening for you? What does that mean?
1: So to me, I should back up here. I always kind of had this feeling that there was something else or like something more, but I didn't really know what that meant or what that looked like. And I knew that there were people out there who were like mediums or who had premonitions and those types of things that I was like, that's not me, but I kind of feel like maybe that is me, but I don't really think that's real and I don't really know how that works. So I kind of always just had pushed it aside. And last year I went on a wellness retreat for therapists and somebody there read my um, astrological chart, my birth chart. And she said, you have like three houses in the 12th or three planets in the 12th house. So you're like a super seer, but you probably already knew that. And I was like, I don't, I maybe, (laughs) what does that mean? (laughs) And I like, I, you know, I want all the evidence. I want all the facts. Like, what does it mean? Show me, tell me. And she was like, just keep leaning into it. And, um, so that's what I did. And once I did that, some other unexplained things started happening, and I felt like that was a call for me to, to pay attention and to sit, quote unquote, lean into that.
0: So, so tell us some stories about unexplained things that might have happened that verified for you that there was something else going on.
1: So some of the things that happened in the past were, and I thought that everybody had this and apparently not everybody does, is I just kind of know things like people would, I knew how people were going to react. I knew if something was going to go right or wrong and friends would always be like, how did you know that? How did you know that person was lying? How did you know this? I'm like, I just know doesn't everybody have that knowing inside of them? (laughs) And so I think that is something that I've had, that I've paid attention to throughout my life. Um, The biggest one through like the unexplained things, I guess I'm really nervous to talk about this because I haven't shared this like publicly before. So the biggest one that happened was I, so I had been, doing more meditation after this retreat and really just quote unquote again, leaning in. Um, I had met with a shaman. I had met with energy healers. And so I was just kind of paying attention to these things more. And I was home alone and in this office, (laughs) like 11 o'clock at night. And when I turned to close this office door, I saw somebody in here and They, I thought maybe I was imagining it, but they reacted to me seeing them. They like jumped back. And so first I thought somebody had broken into my house because my husband was away on a business trip. And, I like slammed the door shut and I was freaking out and I was ready to call 911 and I just kind of waited a second and like settled in and I realized the person that I had seen was somebody that I knew and it was my mother-in-law who passed away a few years ago. So that was terrifying to me and that's also what pushed me to start working with somebody to understand because I was like something is happening here and either I'm losing my mind or this is you know there's some sort of shift happening in my life that I need to attend to
0: did you when you say you started working with someone was that someone like a medium how did you work on that
1: she is a like an energy healer she refers to herself as a shaman and a medium Um, And she, I knew her through a friend of a friend, but I felt like I needed somebody like that who wouldn't judge me and who would maybe be able to help me understand what was happening and what I was going through. And working with her was super helpful and life-changing and it, it, there was no judgment and it was really helpful to be around somebody who was supportive and who knew what I was talking about, and could help me work through it
0: Can you share your religious upbringing or what kind of religious background do you come from and, and and approach these kind of things?
1: I technically grew up Catholic um partly, so I made my first communion. And even that was, I wouldn't really say we were religious. It was just kind of like the thing that you were supposed to do in my community. So I did it, but I never felt, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It never sat well with me. I just didn't really understand it. I had a really hard time wrapping my head around a lot of the things that I was hearing when I would go to church or when I would go to Sunday school. It like just didn't really make sense to me so I kind of rejected that, and um, for the rest of my life, I just was like, I don't think that there is religion, I don't think that there's a God, I'm more atheist, Um, but that is where I initially grew up, I guess, or that's like where it started, was being in the Catholic Church.
0: Do you now believe there's a God, or a presence? What's your perspective of that?
1: I believe in something. I don't necessarily believe in a God, but I do believe in the energy in the universe and that there is some sort of, I call it like source, but that's what it means to me.
0: So if I could just jump to what you think happens to our energy when we die, you know, the concept's called eschatology, but what do you think happens to us when we pass? Are we still, you know, are we still there? Like you saw your mother-in-law, that was obviously energy that came back to you. How how does that work, do you think?
1: I'm still figuring that out, but I think that, you know, I don't believe in heaven or hell. I do believe in energy, and I believe in energy that um, is... Serving us an energy that is not serving us, and that, you know, when we die, it might go to a place where it might feel like I'm thinking about like ghosts or like spirits. I feel like that's where maybe there's something unresolved and it gets kind of stuck. But I feel that when we pass, it does go to, I don't know if a different dimension is the right word, but I guess that's kind of how I think of it. Like it's no longer in a physical body, but it does still exist. Our souls still exist.
0: Do you you have any stories where you have made contact with that energy on the other side?
1: I do. Um, So part of what I worked through when I was working with this person who's a medium and a shaman, she has a program that I decided to sign up for. And part of that uh, was mediumship. And I had to practice. Again, I was like, this is probably not something I can do. I don't really know if I have like this ability, Um, but it really is just about like tuning in. And I think one of the... There's actually a couple instances, but one that really sticks out to me is I told one of my friends, you know, I have to practice this. Will you let me practice with you? And, you know, don't, don't be upset if nothing comes through. (laughs) Like I'm new. I don't really know what I'm doing. I always minimize. And she's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. So we're about to get on Zoom and, um. Before we get on to Zoom, I just, I had this fleeting thought of a person's name and we get on to Zoom and I'm like, okay, like even before we're like officially getting started, I told her, I was like, this name came into my head. I don't know if it means anything to you. And when I said it, she just started crying and she's like, that is my grandfather who passed when I was seven. My best friend doesn't even know his name. Like, how could you possibly know that? that was him and he helped raise me um and so that was really powerful and it's just nice to get that validation
0: (laughs) do you still practice uh those gifts or what what? I, i i apologize we're this far in the interview i haven't asked you what you do exactly but if you could just share that that'd be great please
1: yeah so i do a lot of different things um i am no longer practicing therapy as we read in my bio i Pivoted from doing that. It was just really too draining and because of my own burnout. So now I do a blend of a lot of different things. I do coaching, consulting, training, and speaking, all on burnout prevention and our nervous system. But I also blend in intuitive work, which is kind of what we're talking about here. Um, And I also use do these kinds of readings one-on-one with people. I am also a certified sound healer. So when I'm doing sound healing, I often will get what I call like intuitive hits about things like this. Um, and I'll process them and share them with my clients. And I also do retreats where we do a lot of this work too.
0: So, since you mentioned it, I did see something somewhere about a, the concept of a sound bath. Yes. What What is that?
1: So a sound bath is where you are bathed in sound. And we do this using Tibetan bowls, crystal singing bowls, all different kinds of instruments, sometimes our own voice even, or tuning forks, drums, chimes, whatever, gongs. And it's also called vibrational medicine. So we pick up on the vibrations and the energy that your body is setting off. And we'll use certain sounds to clear stuck energy, restore energy. I've even worked with people on like specific physical ailments that they wanted to heal. Um, And it's one of my favorite ways now to help people.
0: When you say we, is there like a team that does this or how, how, how does one undergo a sound bath?
1: So if you wanted to do a sound bath, I actually do them for free sometimes on my Instagram or you could book with me one-on-one or look in your community. There's a lot of people who do them in person. Usually it's just one person. Sometimes it might be more and you simply would just... Oftentimes you'll lay down because you want to be comfortable and you'll set an intention and then you're just there. And we use the instruments again to clear energy. Um, Oftentimes you'll go into a deeper state of meditation Um, which is, again, where healing and higher consciousness might be happening if that is something that's accessible to you. But the people who are doing it, like me, I went through a certification program. So there are trainings out there for us to be able to do this appropriately and correctly.
0: So you mentioned uh, shaman. Can you just kind of address that term obviously has least in my world, kind of a negative connotation, you know, people with bones in their nose and blood drippings on the floor and that kind of thing. So, so what's your understanding of what the term shaman means?
1: A shaman is a healer. And also another definition that I really like is somebody that can see in the dark. So somebody that is going into different states of consciousness to get information or for healing. Um, and that term is, I, I, you know, I think we have to be careful about how we use that too. That's what she calls herself. I think that, you know, oftentimes shamans are, um, they are chosen people from indigenous cultures. So that can look different, but there are shamans from all over the world and every different culture and every different religion. So even though you might not you, but your listeners might think that <laughs> that's what a shaman looks like. I mean, there are healers in every culture, every religion, and they all look a little bit different and have different practices.
0: Okay. Um, do you do you have the gift of intuition now? I mean, how do you express or use that now? What, how, what does that mean?
1: I do. And that is something that I... This kind of goes with the polyvagal theory. I have to be very, um, I have to be tuned in, and I have to be in a place where I'm able to access that. So if I'm stressed or overworked or overwhelmed, I am not living my life or using my intuition because I can't use that part of me. I am in a place where I'm fearful, stressed, and I'm. Like basically in fight or flight, and I can't access that, Um, which is normal. It's normal to go through that. But I use my intuition in a lot of different ways. Um, I use it with things like knowing, um, things that I'm feeling, I will see things in usually in my mind's eye or in my third eye that I'll use for my intuition. I will get intuitive hits um, in dreams or when I'm doing sound healing and even just by other like signs um, like animals that cross my path or little synchronicities.
0: And what does polyvagal mean?
1: Polyvagal talks about our vagus nerve, and that is a theory about how our nervous system responds to threats of safety and threats of danger around us in our environment.
0: Okay, so I want to ask you something more personal. I and mean, this is too much, just tell me. Uh, just tell me we're not going to discuss this. But I, I'm, I've been married a long time, right? Forty. Whatever it is 47 years if, if my wife had the kind of gift that you have it would scare me silly so how do you how do you deal with personal relationships or your husband deal with that you know if you're the kind of person that is is uh, intuitive like this has that ever been an issue for you
1: it hasn't been an issue. I think sometimes people kind of want to take advantage of it and they're like, why can't you just tell me what the winning lottery numbers are? (laughs) Something (laughs) like that. And it doesn't work that way. It's something that I have to help other people. And um, my husband is, I think he probably knew even though he is, I wouldn't say he's a skeptic, but I think that he kind of he's just very open-minded and he grew up a little bit around this type of thing because his mom was actually very much into energy healing and yoga and um even right before she passed she gave me a bracelet with all the different chakra colors on it so I think he had some uh he had been like exposed to that a little bit so he wasn't like totally freaked out or surprised. He was a little freaked out when I told him what happened <laughs> when I saw her in my office. A <laughs> bit. Uh but he is pretty open and understanding and he never like questions me.
0: That's awesome. Do, do you turn this gift on and off as you want or does it just come to you when you are doing things throughout the day?
1: It usually comes to me when I am just like really grounded and like very present. Um, so, and sometimes that is throughout the day. And then sometimes I do set specific boundaries. Like sometimes I just have very vivid dreams that like even verge on disturbing and, um, or just like, very active at night when i'm dreaming and so a lot of times i'll set a boundary before i go to sleep that like i don't want to be disturbed and i just you know i need to sleep tonight and now's not the time to connect with me
0: (laughs) do do you believe in the concept of spirit guides or have you had that experience
1: yes i do believe in that and yes i have had that experience as well
0: have you met your spirit guides and how if so how'd you do that
1: I have met them and how I have met them is through dreams, through sound healing. And also I have a very specific meditation practice called, um, shamanic journeying where we listen to drums and it does bring you into a deeper, or some people say an altered state of consciousness, but it changes your brain waves. Um, and that's usually the, the easiest and most accessible way for me to meet them.
0: Okay. Um, have you you mentioned something too? What I saw earlier about akashic records. Do you have any stories that you can relate about experiences with with that for the, for my listeners? I think most of them know what akashic records are, kind of like the book of life or the big book of life, or the, mm-hmm. the place where everything is stored. Yes, um, <laughs> that you've ever done. And there's there's I think the the Jewish religion believes in the book of life. Um, most of us think of the book of life when we get to heaven. St. Peter's got it open up, and, and you're judged based upon that. But Akashic Records, I think, is a much bigger concept of everything that's ever happened. But can you relate your experiences with that?
1: Yes. So that is, for me, another way of, I guess I would call it channeling. Um, but I do Akashic Records readings, and I've done them for myself. And I think the most... Uh, the best example or story that I have is when I was doing one for myself, I didn't, I, I don't think I had a specific question. I was just like, just tell me, just show me if there's something I need to know. And so I usually write and I just write whatever's coming in and coming in. And I kept hearing this um, word, Gerana, which I don't even know if I'm saying that right. And when I wrote it down, I was like, that must be something that I made up because I'd never heard of it before. I was like, maybe it's somebody's name. Um, so I googled it. Of course, (laughs) we have that. It's nice that we can do that to get validation. And when I googled it, it's actually an ancient Mayan traditional dance. And I feel very um, connected to Mayan culture. And I have had even before I went through all of this, other energy healers saying like you have definitely connections and roots to to Mayan culture. And so that was another just experience or validation or evidence of whatever you want to call it but it's cool to see that it's nice that we have google to help us with that now because i was like i'm totally just making this up i don't even know what that is but no it is a real thing
0: and that's how you do it you write down when you hear things
1: for me i do um it just is easier for me i don't know that's just what i feel called to do so when i get like these intuitive hits sometimes, or if I'm specifically um, coming out of journeying or if I am doing Akashic records, I always write down what's coming through.
0: So what would you say to somebody to yourself 10 years ago, somebody that, that thinks that this is a little bit wacky mm-hmm. and, and and you're not sure whether what you're getting or hearing is just in your head or whether it's actually coming from something outside of you? What guidance or suggestions would you give to somebody like that?
1: I would encourage you to trust yourself, trust that that's your intuition, hear what it has to say. I think it's also important. Well, so I'll say that in a second. First, trust yourself. Um, I think that There's nothing, there's no harm in being open to knowing that there are many different things that could happen in this life, even like with astrology. Sometimes when people will tell me they don't believe in astrology, I'm like, well, you know, the planets and the moon move, literally moves the ocean, So I think that maybe that has a little bit of an impact on humans because we're mostly water-based. So it's kind of the same thing, just being open that there are alternative ways of getting information and hearing information. Um, But as a therapist, I will also say if you are somebody that, you know, is hearing things that... um, feel dangerous or unhelpful, or you're having a hard time uh, understanding if it is your intuition or if it's something else, if you feel like maybe you're not really grounded in reality, then that's important for you to take some next steps and reach out and get help from a professional.
0: Yeah, that's an aspect I haven't even thought about. But I was thinking about the the good side of things where you're, you're getting information. <laughs> You're information I try and to <laughs> and
1: then I think of like you know there are I mean I have had clients who you know do struggle with mental illness and um they're the information that they're hearing might be really scary or telling them to do something to hurt somebody else or something like that so I think it's important to to just notate that too
0: I, I know you don't know this but we we had a son who was bipolar uh, for a long time he's passed now but um I'm, I'm very familiar with that struggle in terms of trying to understand what's coming to you or, or reacting to what you're hearing that was yeah. something he went through um i'm sorry to hear that well it's part of just been part of my my journey mm-hmm. so have you have you done the astrology thing more than once
1: the um the birth chart
0: astrology reading like you mentioned that it really changed you
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you did it H- have you done it since
1: I have not. I just did it the one time with her. And I mean, I have an app on my phone that like kind of tells me like your Venus is in whatever. So you might be feeling like this today, but that is definitely an area I don't have a ton of training on. Um, but I, I, you know what, it would be good to do it again to see how it's changed. Cause it does but, change based on like your location and the time of year and all those things.
0: But you believe that it, it has some validity it's not something that you just read in, a, in a, the funny pages of the newspaper where you get your horoscope for the day, right? It's it's more serious than that.
1: I do believe it has some validity, and that just kind of goes along with the fact that there are there's more information. There's more ways for us to understand ourselves than just, I don't know, just therapy or just being here and now. We can use these other things that we have access to, like our intuition or astrology. So I don't think it's the end-all be-all. Um, but I do think that it has given me some insight into myself and how I operate.
0: Okay. I, I'll wrap this up here pretty soon because I, I told you we try to keep it under 30 minutes. <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> if you have more um, questions, I have the whole hour blocked. <laughs>
0: the, the, uh, the concept of, of dying and death ha, has a, you already mentioned that you don't believe in heaven or hell. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yep. Yep. So have you come across anything in your experience, be it intuition or readings, that would indicate any type of judgment that we go through when we, when we pass?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. I, my first gut reaction is no, because I really just think it's energy. I don't think it's like judgment i don't think it's good or bad i think that there are so many other things that go into it and i i don't think so
0: i don't what would you say to someone who lost a loved one due to some heinous act or murder or something and you know they live their lives expecting that the person that committed that act is going to get judged sent to hell when they die um, and that, that prevents us as human beings from maybe taking actions on our own because we believe there's going to be some type of justice later in the next life. What would you say to somebody like that 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 believes in that?
1: I think that we're all allowed, and it's great to have our own belief system and what works, but I don't know that it's helpful to live your life with that hope or expectation because it may or may not happen right so I would encourage you to do what you need to do in the here and now to either make peace with that or accept that or process that in a way that you can move through life without I shouldn't say without carrying it because I think you always carry it especially if you've had trauma or if you have had like a very um A very traumatic death experience like that, um, you don't just move on from it, right? Like you carry it with you and it changes. But that's where the work comes in is like, how how can you keep on living and still have that pain and that hurt there? Because it will probably always be there. So those two things can be true at once, even though it feels really difficult.
0: Okay. But there's nothing you've come across that would indicate that we get judged or uh, obviously, there's no you don't believe in hell, but how, how about heaven? Is there any type of reward that we get, or uh, do you believe in reincarnation?
1: I do believe in that. I do believe that our our souls go off, the energy goes off, and it could come back in a different type of body. Um, but I think as far as judgment, I would think that if there is any, it's probably the judgment and the expectations that we put on ourselves. Okay.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, what would you like to cover or mention that I have not covered?
1: Um, I don't think there's anything left that I feel like we missed, but do you have any other questions?
0: Can you, can you just explain to my listeners, because I, I want them to be able to reach out to you if they want your help or to, um, to benefit from what you do. So if you can just kind of cover how you can help them. how they can how they can get in touch with you i think that'd be that'd be great
1: yeah so if you want to work with me um if you are small business owner and you want to learn how to scale your business um using me intuitive coaching or some other sort of support i'm happy to help you I also do, like I said, one-on-one sound healing. I do intuitive readings, and I also have a retreat coming up in Belize at the end of January, where we'll be focusing more on a lot of the things we talked about, including sound healing to help us better manage our stress and prevent burnout. All that info is on my website, GabrielleGiulianoValani.com. I am on Facebook, TikTok, youtube LinkedIn Gabrielle Giuliano Villani, and then instagram is at gjv consulting
0: awesome i if you i think you may have already sent those to me but i'll put those all in the show notes okay. for our uh, for our listeners both for the video version and the in the podcast version how long is the uh, the retreat
1: it is technically six days it's January 25th to January 30th 2024.
0: Sounds like a great time to go to Belize.
1: It does. <laughs> it's going to be cold up north.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Gabrielle, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining joining me and joining my listeners. And uh, any last words?
1: I don't think so. Thanks for having me, Mike. I hope this was helpful.
0: Thank you. It, it has been. I've, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you.
1: Thanks again. Don't hang up. Okay, I won't.
0: (laughs) All right, that wraps up things for today. Everything that Gabriella mentioned there as part of that interview, you can find in the show notes. All of her links and everything are in the show notes, both for the YouTube podcast, the video, and the actual audio podcast. And I, I think... It's, it's hopefully most of you know this, but there's there's two versions of this podcast. One is the the simply the audio version that you can listen to on your phone. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is at MikeNicholas-Unleashed on YouTube, which has a whole video of the entire conversation I had with Gabriella. Anyway, can you do me a favor? If you're listening to this and it's a podcast, I'd love it. Please, if you could hit the subscribe button and also leave a review On most phones, you just need to scroll down below the episode. You'll see where you can do that. What it does is it helps other seekers such as yourself find this podcast more easily. And that's what I'm looking for is more awesome people like you. Thanks again for listening. See you on Thursday. Bye-bye.